0: Well, tonight we're going to be talking about dispensations. Anybody know what I mean when I say that? Not you or you. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, he said, brother said timing, and, and, uh, and, and that's certainly a part of it. Um, dispensations, sometimes it has to do with dispensing something, um, has to do with a time period has to do with a stewardship, something given from God to a person or persons for a particular time or time period, and we're going to see um, scripturally tonight uh, a little bit about that. Tonight is just an overview. It's not in depth by any means. Uh, I'll give you some uh, some um, source material that you can go to. Did anybody grab the blank sheets out there on the counter? Can you pass those around or just? Give them folks so you can take notes. Um, I am not a great artist. I wish I could draw like Jeff does. He does really cool stuff. I'm not. I, I mess up stick people. So, you know, uh, you know. and they say, well, just make one female one male. And mine, neither one of them look like human. So anyway, um, I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, you can make notes, ask questions uh, during this uh, as you like. But also... Um, if, if you have questions uh, beyond that, be sure and ask, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll work on that with you, and i and, uh, get you some uh, resource material if you want to really dig in. Your number one best resource I hope you have with you, your Bible, and I want you to go ahead and open that up um, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we'll get started. Um, the reason that I I make emphasis there is because when it comes to quote unquote dispensations in the church, when I say the church, I'm not talking about a building for those maybe watching, but we're talking about the body of Christ. Those who are saved, born again, sinners, okay. Saved, born again, blood washed sinners, uh, headed to heaven, not because of anything we did, but because of what he did and receiving his free gift of salvation. Um, the church within the church. There are a lot of different things. Some people don't believe in dispensations. I I don't really understand that since the Bible actually speaks about them four different times. Uh, We're not going to look at all those, but that's real easy for you to look up um, because it only appears about four times, but fairly clear. Um, We use the Bible for one simple reason, uh, because with all things, it comes down to a matter of what's the truth, right? What's the truth? If you don't have truth, how do you know anything? You don't, you have opinion. I don't, and you should not uh, rely on opinion, uh, because uh, opinions are like, not that, are like armpits, my dad said. Everybody's got at least two, and they both stink, okay, most of the time. I know where your minds were going, because I was raised lost also. So anyway, I say that, my dad would say, but anywho, I was not a good child, we'll put it that way. So, when it comes to anything we do in this church, we we go to the Word of God first. Uh, First, foremost, and always. So, John 17, 17. Anybody know what that says? Again, not you or Amy. No? How many of you are in discipleship or been discipled? Raise your hands. Let me see it. Really? You guys need to get discipled. Okay. Are You guys getting discipled? Okay, okay, because it's a memory verse, so I just that's why I'm asking. Uh, John seventeen seventeen says, um, I won't turn there, you can if you want to, or write it down, don't take my word for it, look at it and see what the word of God says, which is, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth, through thy truth, thy word is truth, um, Lord Jesus speaking there, identifying truth as his word, so that's why we use it. So here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, It's an awesome chapter here for a lot of different reasons. Um, We won't dive into um, what I'm going to call your attention to real quick. There are seven different characteristics um, that the Holy Spirit of God uses Paul to point out here of the believer, Um, and and I'll just show them to you real fast. Uh, Number one, in uh, verse one, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So the first thing is um, a son. The second, the the first characteristic, your son or daughter of Christ. The uh, second one is in verse 3. He says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. second characteristic is of a soldier. The third one is found in verse five, and it says, "And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except, except he strive lawfully." That's a reference to athletics uh, and racing and striving, uh, that type of thing, uh, particularly in this world where they had uh, the original Olympics, you know, so to speak, going on back then. That was a big deal, and when he's talking about, they strove; they were doing those things to receive a crown. So um, the characteristic there is an athlete. Verse six. He says, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Next characteristic there, number four, I believe, is a husbandman. These are characteristics of the believer, of all of us as believers, that, uh, that uh, God looks at us through. In uh, verse 15, he says, uh, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So a workman. Okay? If you're saved, you're on your way to heaven, it's not so that you can kick back on the spiritual beach and not do anything. That is called lazy. Uh, that is called not doing the job. Okay? We're, we were left here for a reason. Verse 21 is the sixth one, where it gives us the characteristic of a vessel. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified and meet unto, uh, I'm sorry, meat for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And the last one, number seven, is verse twenty-four. It says, "And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them uh, repentance to the acknowledging of the truth." And so, on. so in verse twenty-four, it is uh, number seven is that of a servant. Seven characteristics found in this chapter of a believer. And uh, the one we want to focus on tonight is in verse 15 there, the fifth of those seven uh, characteristics that you see, a workman. Uh, Because when it comes to dispensations, and I'll just put this up here, dispensations, um, why do we we say that? Why, Why do we talk about that? Well, let's read it again. He says, study. That's, that's the first word, the first imperative that you're given. That's an imperative word and statement. In other words, boom, there it is. What are you told to do as a Christian? Study. Okay, it's real, just like go, ye therefore. Go is the key imperative there. Here it is study. We are to study. Okay, Lord, what are we, what are we supposed to study? He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Well, that's kind of important. Before we talk about what, he says, you're studying not to show yourself approved unto the pastor, the staff, um, your discipleship, your discipler, your friends, whatever. We are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Now, I will tell you that took me three years to learn because I was studying to show myself approved unto my dad in the faith. I wanted, and, and, and I'll be honest, I had a right motive, wrong action. My motive was I wanted to be able to minister the word of God the way I saw him do it, which was phenomenal, because he knows the Word of God. But I was doing it because I wanted to do that, and I wanted to show myself approved unto him. And after about three years, I figured that out, because I'm a little dense, okay? Took me a while. I was like, man, I got to stop and go back and start over here. And that's what I did, Okay. Because it's very clear. So to show thyself approved unto God. All right? All right, God, what am I showing myself approved on you for or about? It says to be a, uh, a workman. So, again, like I mentioned earlier, you've got to work. There's work to be done. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, have you ever said, said, boy, it's a shame what happened to so-and-so? It's a, it's a shame. You know, Somebody that got saved was saved, and, and now they've fallen away where you don't see them anymore. They're not doing, you like, man, it's such a shame. That's a very true statement. When we say that, we don't always think it the way we're saying it, but it is that. It is a shame. There's a good word study, by the way, for you personally, me personally. A shame for me not to be a workman. It is a shame for you and I as a child of God to not be doing what he left us here to do. Not, oh, it's a shame that, oh, things aren't, no, it's a shame. And he says right here that we're supposed to study to show ourselves the of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Where would you be ashamed? Anybody know? Just We're not going to study that tonight, but where where is it you would be ashamed? Besides every day before his throne? Yeah. Judgment seat of Christ. This is actually Lesson 16, man. <laughs> Everything you and I do ought to be with that in mind. Because, boy, that's, that's where it all comes out, in the wash, so to speak. Well, God is dealing with his, his estranged wife, Israel, here on this earth, the kingdom of heaven, we're not saying that tonight either. But in heaven, God is, Jesus is dealing with his bride, making her pure and white, washing Everything. Not the sins, those are already taken care of, right? At Calvary and you accept and you're saved. But all these things, the work that I have or have not done and the quality of it, the motive behind it. Right motive, right action, right? You know people that had the right motive but wrong action, right? And people that have the wrong motive and the right action. Got to have them both. And it's all coming out there. All the doctrine going to get straightened out there, by the way. Okay, So again, it's not our job to make people believe right doctrine or have it. It's to live it. If we're not applying the things we know, then we're not doing the job. I am very guilty of that at times. So again, verse 15, study shall I thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Okay, Lord, how do I do that? How do I study to, to prove myself unto you as a workman and not need to be ashamed because I wouldn't be ashamed? What, what, what do I do? What is it? What's it say? Rightly dividing the word of truth. So let me ask you something. Can you be a workman studying to show yourself approved unto God as a child of God so that you're not ashamed every day before his throne, because we're right there, right in his throne room, and at the judgment seat of Christ in particular, that final... There's no more chances when we get there, right? Okay, so can you do that without rightly dividing the word of truth according to that verse? No. So this thing of dispensations, which is what rightly dividing is about. Rightly dividing what? The word of truth, that's right. Which we started out saying we do everything in this church, and you and I as a Christian should by the word of God. So if I'm going to do that and I'm going to be able to study it right, not being ashamed, being a workman, then I'm going to have to rightly divide that. Like, Whoa, Lord, that sounds like a big job. Who am I to do that? He said, hey, no problem. I, I have a Bible for you, right? John 17, said, 17, said, thy word is truth. You have the word of God. Has everybody here got a Bible or at least have one there you're looking on, right? Okay, so not only do we not need to be ashamed, but we're without excuse, according to the Word of God. Because we have this, we can look in here, and we are supposed to be good workmen and work ladies, rightly dividing. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. It's 7 o'clock, I'm going to try to get through these over the next 60 minutes, okay? So again, this is an overview, this is not in-depth, so I'm going to move quickly. And that's why I brought some paper these are not easter eggs okay somebody asked me just just for clarify clarifying this these are not easter eggs and no they're not shapely i like i said i mess up stick people this is me trying to make circles i know they don't look like circles but that's the best i can do okay if i don't have if i have a ruler and a compass i can make it all look good i yeah it's just not good I, that's 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 not my gift so when it comes to numerology, let's just start in some basic areas here. How is it the God works when it comes to laying something out perfectly? Anybody? What number would come to your mind? Seven. That's right. It's the number of perfection or completeness. God created, you know, time in this world and everything in how many days? Seven. Six and a rest day, right? You see him doing these things. He does, has this pattern of sevens. And so that's why you I put these up here just for a good starting point. There are seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We'll get to this one a little bit later. It's not really its own little hemisphere there, sort of. But anyway, seven dispensations or seven divisions that basically start in Genesis and in, in Revelation, okay? This ends up actually where this starts, and that's not a study for this evening, but um, there's, there's a bunch of things that you see that start here but actually get completed here, okay? So we're going to take a look at this. Uh, a lot of people always say, okay, well, this is eternity past and this is eternity future, You understand what they mean when they say that, but understand this. Does eternity have a past or future? It does not. (laughs) Eternity is, it it is, okay? This is a time box that God created in the middle of eternity to deal with some issues, such as sin, disobedient creations, and so forth, and people that will love him or choose not to, And, and a whole bunch of things we're not studying tonight, but you can't help but look at when you understand division. The now, these are really important. Um, have, has anybody here, I know we have farmers, I don't necessarily see a bunch of farmers in here tonight, but, uh, you know, farmers nowadays use this thing called uh, electrified wire, okay? <laughs> you know what happens when you touch that wire? You go on a trip, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and it has divisions. The first one is pain, explosion, usually followed by darkness, and then hopefully... A recovery period but not always um when i was in the marine corps we were doing a exercise over in europe and they used a lot of electrified fence there and we were in the scandinavian peninsula and young man uh it's like i gotta go relieve myself i don't want to give it like whatever you do stay away from that oh that's no big deal whether well, we had him medevaced out after his learning experience um it, believe me divisions are important When you know where they are, you can avoid the problem, right? The consequence. When you ignore them, as this young man did, you pay the consequences, all right? So, uh, sometimes they can just be a really good or bad story, depending on who's telling it. When he's telling it, probably not so much. And others, it can be, you know, not just life-changing, but the end of life. So... Extremely important. So let's let's start with the first one, and uh, let me just ask you something. If if this is Genesis, okay, and it is one, this is Revelation. Just put twenty-one, twenty-two. There's a lot going on in those two chapters uh, that we could spend a whole year on easily. But uh, what's the first thing you start with? Huh? The beginning, okay? And in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, right? Okay, very interesting. By the way, you're in your Bibles, so swing back to Genesis. But, but I want you to go to the very end of Genesis. Just, I, this is a little bit off the cuff, but it just made me think of it. Genesis 1-1 starts with some of the greatest words ever. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Awesome, right? Look at the last verse of Genesis chapter 50, verse 26. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. And here's the last words. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Egypt's a type of the world, by the way. It just, man, something starts with great promise, and the next thing you know, there's somebody in a coffin in the world in Egypt. And something done gone wrong along the way, didn't it? So in the beginning, God did what? Created the heaven and the earth. Well, what's the th- big thing he did there in the first few, cha- few chapters that we see? Come on, speak up. Great. Yeah, created man. Put him in a garden, right? What was the name of the garden? It was eastward in Eden, but yes, okay? So this, this, first, this first dispensation or, or uh, stewardship or time period, and these time periods are not equal, by the way, okay? Sometimes we lay them out for simplicity's case and we'll put, okay, each one's a thousand years. That's not really true. Um, we'll get to it, but like this one's more than that, this one's more than that, this one's double that. Um, so it's not always that. But uh, here, the very first one, we'll just put a one over it, is the edemic dispensation. Um, depending on, on who you read or, or how you study, um, there, uh, people call them different things. It's also known as uh, the dispensation or age of innocence. I'm not a good speller either. There's, is there one N or two in innocence? One, right? Oh, good. Praise the Lord. Okay, Good. Good. Uh, it's it 's not just a song about the age of innocence this is also known as the age of innocence okay now um this is a pretty short one okay because God creates you know this he puts man in it right chapter two well really verses twenty six twenty seven twenty eight you see make man uh they make man in their in in his image and likeness uh, but then sin comes in. We'll get to that in a second. And, you know, all of a sudden in chapter 3, boom. Man's, you know, messed it up and lost the uh, image. Keeps the likeness. The image, uh, by the way, ask yourself, well, what is that image he lost? Or I'll give you a hint. Who is that image he lost? That's a good study. That's a good thing for you to go look up. It's very important. So This very first one is short, short-lived. And by lived, I mean life because they lost life, didn't they? They lost their spiritual, eternal life. And uh, what's what's interesting here is uh, it takes place, in, and if you did this or you're keeping notes, this took place here in Eden, right? And the characteristic of this dispensation is the fall. All right? The fall. And the central figure in it is who? Adam, that's right, Adam. Like I said, I can't even spell neatly, so that's Adam. So the first one is called the Edemic, or Age of Innocence Dispensation. takes place in Eden. The key characteristic there is the fall of man, uh, and Adam's the central character. Um, So number two, number two. Anybody here ever heard of a guy named Clarence Larkin? Okay, Clarence Larkin probably has the best overall source material. He lived about 100 years ago, put out uh, a lot of his material, I think, in the 30s and 40s, 20s, 30s and 40s. It's a book you ought to have as a Christian, okay? If you're going to be a workman, you need good tools, right? I don't care what it is you do, if you're going to do it right, the better tools you have, the better work you can do, right? Get Clarence Larkin. Clarence Larkin is good. Um, C. I. Schofield uh, is very good, and uh, and then there's a whole host of others, including material that we have right here at this church. So, um, this by Larkin is called the Anti- Deluvian. Uh, a N T E. Some people put a hyphen in, some don't, then diluvian is D-I-L-U-V-I-A-N. I can't spell it, I just can't make it to where you can read it very well, okay? The antediluvian dispensation or age, also known as the age of conscience. Now, we're not going to get into this deeply tonight, but... Conscience, an inter- interesting word. Do you know what the word conscience means? Just a basic knowledge? What Are you saying yes, no? I, I took my glasses off so I can see this clearly. It's, it actually comes in two words, con and science, with knowledge. And, and conscience is all about with knowledge. And now man will have you to, you know, they'll set their own uh, ethics and morals. Uh, as Christians... We're starting to be workmen, servants, vessels, um, sons, husbandmen, athletes, because you need some endurance. You've got to run this race. It's all found here. It's not found in, you know, the Boy Scouts, although they have some good things. It's not necessarily found in your parents, although I hope they, they raised you well. It comes from right here and only here, okay? Sometimes we hold on to things that are good, and it keeps us from things that are better, the nation of Israel. The whole book of Hebrews is all about that, how they missed out on the better things that God provided for them, okay, than what they had. And they're hanging on to that past and God provided for them. Anyway, that's not for tonight. So in this dispensation or age, uh, the key here, what's, what's the key, the big event here? The flood. That's right. The That means... Inundated, flooded. In other words, the flood, right here. All right. Should have done that like this, but anyway, um, the key figure in this age, or um, and I'll put it down here. But uh, in in this um, dispensation, it, it goes from Adam to Noah. Um, but who is the key figure in this? Noah. Maybe, and I know some people say that, I'm not saying anybody's wrong, but I will present you with a different one. The, the key figure and example in this is a guy named Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, the seventh from Adam. He's the guy, Bob says, he walked with God and was not for God took him. This is a guy that was walking with the Lord every day like you and I are supposed to do. And every day at the end of the day, he'd get done, and the Lord would drop him off at his house. He'd say, Lord, thank you for letting me walk with you and teaching me. Um, it sure was good. I'll see you in the morning. All right? Next morning he's there. And then one day, he got a little goosebumps. If you heard me tell the story before, I, it's not mine originally, but then one day the Lord said, Hey, you know what? We always go to your house at the end of the day. What, wouldn't you like to come to my house? Yeah, okay, Lord, let's go. Boom, and away they went. One of the, one of the couple guys that never died in your Bible, right there. It's picture you and me, by the way, Christian that gets raptured. I say that because I believe that thing's happening soon. I wish it would happen before I get done. Probably won't, but I wish it would, okay? So the antediluvian dispensation or the age or dispensation of conscience. These folks, after the fall from Adam to Noah, it was all about their knowledge of God, which they had. I find it interesting, too, because it's with knowledge, or you see this word, science, right? Now, of course, today people say, oh, you're Christian, so you're not a person of science. No, I'm a person of science. I just have the actual textbook, and my science is better than your science, so, well, science is science. It is what it is. I said, really? Because I got a science book from 10 years ago, and what you have today in your science book doesn't look a thing like it. And if I go back another year or five or 10, you've changed it every year. Not this one. In fact, you guys are still trying to catch up. You know, this book told you about fingerprints back before Jesus was even on this earth. In fact, it told you about fingerprints. We won't get into it, but right in this time period. We're about to get to They didn't figure it out. In fact, they only found out back in the, what, late 80s, maybe, 90s, you know, when the Bible talks about he hung the earth on nothing, people made fun of him and everything. Oh, guess what? They started looking at gamma, rays and they said, oh, my gosh, the gamma around the earth looks like a net that the earth is being hung in. Oh, oh you mean like the Bible told you about a long time ago? See? conscience with knowledge, a knowledge of God. And and this went from a really good knowledge to all of a sudden a worse and worse and worse and worse time. In fact, I'll go over to Genesis chapter six. I'm gonna have to move a little faster than I am. Genesis chapter six. In Genesis six look at verses 5 to 6, and then I'll probably jump down a little bit just for time's sake. Uh, Genesis 6, verse 5, there at the paragraph marker, and it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Come down here. Uh, start talking about Noah in verse 9. Pick it up in verse 11. It says, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. What did they corrupt? Now, I just told you. They corrupted their way. What was their way? Their way was to walk with God. God gives you an immediate example out of all of his kids, Adam and Eve's kids. He says, hey, here's these two sons, right, Cain and Abel. One followed the example and raised sheep so that he would have a ripe sacrifice, right? Because he saw what his parents had done. They told him what what they had done trying to provide 100% organic because that's so much better for the earth, right, you know? And God said, no. It takes sacrifice. The shedding of blood. You're going to have to take a lamb. Sheep and sacrifice and wear furs. He said, "Okay, then I'll raise sheep." His whole way was committed unto the Lord, and and uh, Cain said, "Man, those things are stupid. They stink. You got to do all this stuff. I can grow vegetables and everything else, man, and I can eat way better than mutton." All right, so he raised all kinds of stuff. By the sweat of his own labor, and he was very proud of that, right? How'd that end up? He became a murderer. Because he corrupted his way. He didn't follow after God. After his parents warned him, hey, God gave us everything. You know those cherubs over there and the flaming sword, the thing that keeps us out of there? You know why? Because there's there's a tree in there that if we ate of, we'd live forever. And we're sinners. And our way is to follow God every day and to worship him and commune with him, bring him honor and glory, and thank him for not just burning us to a cinder crisp on the spot for that foolishness after he'd given us everything. so That's how it starts. And it just gets worse and worse and worse until what you read right there. And of course, you know what happened after that. This little thing here is a, my attempt at making a ark it's the flood or okay right there so here's the waters i should put the waters all over cuz they were everywhere all right then the waters recede and the uh, next thing you know we have number 3 if this is antediluvian what do you think this is post diluvian Okay, post diluvian dispensation. Um, some people uh, call it, I know, in some of the ones that I usually do, I tend to do this uh, myself, uh, call it the uh, time or the dispensation of um, man in authority um, over the earth through human government. He starts creating government. The problem is, it's human government. All right. If you don't think that's a problem, just watch the news for about five minutes. It'll make you want to. I don't know. What I want to say. Anyway, this time period of uh, government or human government, as some people can call it, starts with um, with Noah, because of course he and the eight with him, his wife, his three sons, and their daughters, I mean, their uh, wives, and takes us, how far do you think this eight, this dispensation goes? Hmm? Anybody? There's a guy named Abraham, or Abram, if you will write that. Abram, um, come over to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. In Genesis 9, it says, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, anybody recognize that? Doesn't that sound familiar? Isn't that the same thing that that God told Adam to do? So, you know, he washes this whole thing clean. He's got a a preacher of righteousness as Noah. If you study Noah out, he says, okay here we go give you the same charter the same way to go and that is be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth okay all right here we go well you know how that ended not so great and this this um, dispensation of government um, man under human government if you will ruling the earth uh, post-diluvian dispensation if you will uh, is highlighted by what anybody know Go to Genesis chapter 11. Yes. That's exactly it. I find it interesting that the number one language learning thing today is called Babel. You don't think God has a sense of humor? You don't know God very well. All right? So... uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven.'" And let's make us a name, lest we be scattered upon the, upon the face of the whole earth. So they, they wanted unity. Let's all be unified. Man, we've all got one language. Let's, let's all just build a city. Um, you know, we'll call it utopia. And we'll build a tower that we can reach heaven with. Because, man, we, we don't want to get flooded again in case we, make, you know. So let's build a tower. Let's, 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 let's build our own God and religion. So, what's he do? Because, by the way, do you think you could physically build a tower with brick and slime that would actually reach to heaven? Hmm. Yeah, man, that must be that ectoplasm slime from Go or whatever. Yes, sir. That's a true story. <laughs> Nothing to understand. Man is still trying to do those things and still failing because he wants to do it his own way instead of God's way. That never works out, by the way, just FYI. So let's re- read the next few verses. And the Lord came down to the city. I'm sorry, came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built Now, as soon as you read a verse like that, which is verse 5, by the way, which I find interesting, number of death, uh, did God come down because he didn't know what they were doing? This is kind of like when he showed up in the garden after Adam knew his sin and said, Adam, where art thou? Do you think God did not know where Adam was? No, he knew where Adam was. Adam didn't know where he was. He wanted an answer from Adam, just like God wants an answer from you and I every day. Hey, uh, Mark, where art thou? Not Where I'd like to be when you show up. I'll tell you the whole truth. My dad in the faith said something one time that I have never forgotten, um, have not lived up to, but it, it, it spurs me on a regular basis. And he said, hey, when the Lord does return, when that trumpet sounds, what will you be found doing when that happens? Now I was a mess when he said that. And I thought, whoa, that got my attention like nothing ha- else had and it helped keep me straight because I thought, man, not that I, because I have been the same blockhead I, I always was, but boy, I'll tell you what, when all of a sudden, it, boom, I'm thinking, okay, and if the trumpet sounds right now, you decide you want God, whoa, no. Again, not because God didn't know it already. To be honest, I I don't want to be caught that way either. It helps keep me straight. It help keep you straight. So verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they uh, uh, begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. There's another word study, imagine or imagine. Go to, let's go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Um, yeah, good thing, because they were a mess. And he said, Nope, we'll just we'll just take care of that real quick. Man always thinks he's so smart, don't we? We're so brilliant. We're so better and better, man. We are Einsteins. Now, we won't get into this, but if you lived in this time period, I'll bet there's a whole lot more Einstein. These people were living, you know, six, seven, eight, nine hundred, almost a thousand years and living together within about a fifteen hundred year period. Maybe a little less, actually. <laughs> you think they weren't <laughs> They didn't have some science going on; whole other thing. So, the key figure in this whole thing is a guy named Abram, who shows up at the end. Um, there is another guy in there that uh, you might look in the previous chapter ten. Uh, this guy was a real problem for the wrong reasons. Um, he went to build a city. Also, his name was Nimrod. Anybody ever heard that? I mean, I'm sure you've heard. Sometimes people are called Nimrod, but every you know who Nimrod it was. Anybody know? He was evil, man. He was he was haughty before God, and in his face, he wanted to do his own thing. That's how this mess started. Quite frankly, okay. And and by the way, do you know that Nimrod, after he died, his wife and his son had an incestuous affair, and she got pregnant. You know what they claimed? This is Nimrod reincarnated. And it's the first pictures or drawings that in, in, in mankind known of what we today call the Madonna and Child. Do you think that church just showed up suddenly a few hundred or a thousand years ago? No, it goes all the way back here. A man's trying to do his own thing. He's haughty. And you see, again, the result of that. So dispensation number three, the post-diluvian world or the um, government, uh, man in authority uh, over the earth through human government. So you've got, in this time period, Noah and then uh, through Abraham. Then uh, the fourth one is, uh, Larkin calls this the patriarchal, number four, patriarchal. if I'm spelling that right. But patriarchal or, and I'll give it to you down here, uh, dispensation of promise. Some um, call it the dispensation of family. Um, Whatever works. I I don't have a problem with any of these, quite frankly. Um, It has to do with the doctrine that's going on during these times, by the way. Um, Because up until now, how many how many Jews were on the earth up to this point in history? Right, zero, none, zilch, nada, nine. Okay, in whatever language you know, Tower of Babylon. Anyway, never anyway. mind. My humor is hard to understand even for me. So, dispensation number four: patriarchal, or man under the promise. And what's the promise? Well. If you come over here to uh, Genesis chapter, <coughs> excuse me, 12, what, what's going on there, guys? What's going on there? This is a chapter you ought to know, okay? Um, there are some key places in the Bible that, uh, that you ought to know as, as you uh, grow in, in the Lord. Just some key things, Adam and Eve, of course, Uh, Noah, of course, in the flood. And this is the next one, really, I don't know. And that's Genesis chapter 12 with Abram. Where did Abram come from? Ur, that's right. He was one of the Budweiser frogs, right? Budweiser. Too old for most of you guys. Okay. Every time I heard that, though, that's what I thought. See, they, everybody thinks beer and funny frogs. I think, oh, land of Ur. Hmm. I'm weird, I know. So here's this time period under promise. And over here in Genesis 12, uh, it says, Now the Lord, in verse 1, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, verse 4, what's it say? Look at it. I didn't read it. Look at it. What's it say? So Abraham departed. He's an example of how we all should be. God said, do this. So off we go. Right? Behold, obey is better than sacrifice. Doesn't say he offered sacrifices and built an altar to God right there. It says, so he went. All right? So Abram, who we later, God changed his name to Abraham, bam, he goes out. And this is why some people call this a uh, dispensation of family instead of promise or patriarchal. Patriarchal, you know what patriarchal means? Matriarchal and patriarchal. All right? Like I am the patriarch of my seed. Okay, um, the matriarchal would be the mother or the female figure. Um, patriarchal is the male figure. So yes, I know we're not gender neutral here because the Bible's not. So, as you see there, he said, "Hey, go leave your leave your family, leave everything, and psh, let's go." And so Abram departed as the Lord spoke unto him, spoken unto him. Uh, and, and away he goes. Okay, now uh, what do we what do we see here in this whole thing? Okay, the the main event that happens over this period, which is from Abraham to Moses. Okay, I'll just give you that at the top. Noah to Abraham in the post-diluvian or human government dispensation, the patriarchal um, dispensation or dispensation of promise, man under the promise of God. goes from Abraham to Moses. What's the key thing that happens during this time? Not back to Egypt. They end up there, but there's some things going on, like uh, Abraham. Didn't he have some kids? Uh, You got Abraham, Isaac, and a guy named Jacob name is changed to what? Israel. So what, what's the big thing that really happens during this time period to Moses? nation of Israel, the 12 tribes. Or 12, yeah, 12 tribes. Okay. These 12 tribes um, grow, you know, we know the whole story. Abram, and of course, takes a lot. That's a problem. Sodom and Gomorrah takes place. Uh, We know about uh, Abram sending uh, his servant to go get Isaac a wife, and and, uh, here's Jacob now, and he has some sons, (laughs) right? Uh, A bunch of them. And so the 12 tribes come up, all right? And uh, It's called the patriarchal or dispensation of promise because didn't God just make some promises to Abraham? To Abram? He says, hey, if you do this and this, man, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make of you a great nation. And to this day, that blessing is still in effect, by the way. I mean, this may be the church age, and we'll get to that here shortly, probably faster than I'm going right now. But uh, things are happening. He's making him promises. He made him some promises that are still in effect. He made some promises that are about to come true here soon. We'll see that down here a little bit. But uh, this time of promise, okay, it's a patriarchal. He is the the father, you know, what do they call Abraham? Father Abraham, right? He's not a priest, Catholic priest, okay? He's, it's Father Abraham, the father of all these nations, and not just the nation of Israel, Okay? He's the father of all those kids over there making a mess in the sandbox, all right? That's a whole other thing. But uh, that age of promise, okay? And um, the key figure here turns out to be, um, I put Moses, um, you might put somebody else, um, and that's fine. The key figure here, actually, um, you know, both of these could slide over, actually, um, if you wanted, but uh, it's really these three, if you get right down to it. Because what happens here? We, we know the story, you know, they end up in Egypt uh, because they're, you know, what the brothers did to the to the youngest and you know, selling him off and. God takes care of him, and he ends up running Egypt, right? Joseph, right? And really, when I get right down to it, you can put this down here. It's it's Joseph that ends this ends up here, and and I would I'm going to change that actually because I notice I I have I have, a, I have this in my Bible in the back. I don't know about you, but I, I put all these things in my Bible because I will not remember them all. So I copied them off here. You wouldn't be able to read them, if, and sometimes I can't either. But uh, really, the figure here is Joseph, the key figure. He is used mightily of God. Uh, but what happens, of course, is he brings the whole family, because of the famine and all the problems that are going on, to Egypt, Right? Everything's hunky-dory because Joseph is the number two guy under Pharaoh, and Pharaoh loves him, and and he's uh, basically delivered this nation out of the, the famine crisis. Um, could use a guy like Joseph uh, in, the, in, in the United States today, but unfortunately, there'll be a guy showing up here soon uh, to save the world, but it, it, <laughs> he's not the right one. Number five. Now, this one might be a little easier for you to figure, but uh, come over to uh, Romans chapter 3. There's a lot of, but actually, let's go to Exodus 19 first, and then I'm going to start moving a little quicker. I'm going to run out of time. I know that's a surprise to anybody that's had me teaching before, but Exodus chapter 19, um, I'm just going to start off. We could really read this whole chapter practically, but let me just read the first part real quick. Says in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from uh, Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount, Uh, and and Israel means the, the whole nation. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, "Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles wings and brought you unto myself now, therefore, if ye will notice the key phrase, the key word in that verse. You may know what it is in verse five, number of death, what's the key word in that verse? It's just one word, it's a simple word, second, huh." It's the word if, if, look at him, verse five, now therefore, if you will obey, because he knows him, if, that's the contingent word, if you will, the imperative word is obey, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. as you read your Bible, you'll notice that God uses similar words, similar phraseology because he is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. He talks about them he says if 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 you'll do this, if because that's the big that's the big unknown, so to speak, not the God, but if because he knows. If they're going to obey, this is for them. If you will obey, it is a choice. If you will obey my voice, by the way, his voice is in your hands right now, the Bible and keep my command. then, then you shall be a peculiar treasure. Now, didn't he say something like that about us? Being peculiar. God is consistent, man. Verse six, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And and Moses came and called for the elders, and and he did these things. Of course, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to stop right there. But right here, this is the uh, what's called the dispens the legal dispensation by Larkin, and or the dispensation of law. Now, why is that? I mean, this is easy, right? Why is it called dispensation of law? What? Yeah, the law was given, right? The law was given, all right, by God to Moses. And... uh Of course, during this dispensation, um, what's, what's the key thing that's happening? What's the highlight of this time? It goes from Moses to John the Baptist. Or Christ, but John the Baptist because that's what the Bible says. Matthew, what is it, John 13, 11 or 11, 13? I can't remember. And again, in Luke 16, 16, maybe, the prophets are from Moses, the law is from Moses to John. I'm pretty sure that's it. Right in there. Okay. What's the big key thing that happens here? Here here this last this was the 12 tribes, but but what happens to them? Where do they become? Big thing is the rise and fall of what? Not 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 the Roman Empire, but the nation of Israel. The rise and fall of the nation of Israel. We see the nation of Israel literally become a nation, not just a bunch of tribes. I mean, they come through the wilderness and what happens? The, uh, in this time period, it basically goes Moses, Joshua, which is a Hebrew name for Jesus, by the way, um, the Judges, the Judges, And then the kings and prophets. During this time period, you see the rise and fall of the nation of Israel. Again, they have these promises from from the previous one, but now they're, they're under the law now, right? Come Come over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to give you a few verses here. Romans chapter 3, look at verse uh, 19. Romans three nineteen, and, and And by the way, the book of Romans, I know it's towards the front of your New Testament as far as after the Gospels and everything. But uh, understand this, after, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what's the next book? Acts Acts, did not all happen, and then all the stuff in Romans, and then all the stuff in First and Second Corinthians, and so forth. A- Acts is, is like this right here. It's a framework, and it basically gives you a whole bunch of stuff that is then laid out in detail over the several, next several books. Okay? Like you get the big map, and then, you know, with computers now, you can blow up this part. Boom. Here it is. That's, that's what, how that works. Acts gives you all this time period, and then he says, hey, you remember when I was talking about uh, Philippi back there in, what is it, uh, Acts 13, 14 or so, Help. book of Philippians, here's what happened, Lydia, the uh, um, Philippian jailer, Here, here's, here's what happened, those guys got, okay, so here's what happened, here's, here's the whole thing now, what the result of, cause and effect, Okay. Romans, the book of Romans, which comes right after Acts, is one of the last books that Paul writes, and it is written in remember Paul before he was saved was what what was his occupation who was he 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 was okay, he was still Jewish after or, I mean saved, but in Christ, no Georgia, but he was a Pharisee, okay he was a man of the law, this, okay? So what did he do? He wrote the book of Romans, and it is written in legalese, okay, basically, if you really look at it. Yes, sir? Verse. That's it. That's, that's why I had it flipped. Okay, thank you. Matthew 11, verses 12 and 13. So I was like, is it 11, is it 13? And then I think the other one is... Uh, Yeah, okay, yep, I couldn't remember what I said. Yep, okay, good, thank you for that, I appreciate that. Um, He wrote Romans and just lays out everything now in this document that lays out Christianity. You know, it's kind of like, let us hear the conclusion of the matter, like at the end of Ecclesiastes. Boom, Here's, here's how this all lays out. The Holy Spirit of God puts it right here in your Bible after the book of Acts, so that you don't get all messed up looking at all the detail of how that happened, okay? It's, a, it's an incredible, incredible book. It's one of my favorite. In Romans 3, of course, we always think of 310 um, through 12, you know, when we're trying to talk to people about their need for Christ and so forth and things like that. But in verse 19, he says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Remember, the law, we're told, is our schoolmaster. The law told a stiff-necked and rebellious people called the nation of Israel, okay, the house of Jacob, here's the law. You you, you want to just twist and all this stuff you want to, here's the law, okay? So that they're so that you're without excuse, okay. And, and here, and what's he do? He says, I got Moses. After Moses, his servant, he says, his servant Joshua, his minister Joshua, also uh, is is another title for him. He ministered to Moses. He was with him the whole time, and he's one of the two guys that went into the land of promise, him and Caleb, and said, "We need to go get that place. God's got it all ready for it." When the other ten came back and said, oh, my God, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're going to kill us. Didn't you hear what God said? Yeah, but I know what I saw. Just like you and me. Well, I know what God says, but but I saw this, and I experienced that. So your experience and your eyesight is better than God's. Okay. See how that works out. That's what's going on here. He gives them the law, the schoolmaster. And if you're under the law, then the law is to them. And, again, this is doctrine. He lets you know, hey, now here's the nation of Israel who, why did he make the nation of Israel? Let me just ask you. Why did he do that? Got to answer quick, man. We're running out of time. I'm running out of time. What? Okay. And that is true, but you know the reason he did that? Why did he do the, do that whole thing? He did it for the same reason he left you and I here. And that is to be an example to the world of what it looks like to serve the living God. That was their purpose. That is your and my purpose. Theirs was a corporate responsibility. Ours is an individual responsibility. You see that? Are we under the law? No. But they are, and this is, a, again, if you're rightly dividing, going back to why we're doing this, looking at dispensations, when I rightly divide it and I see that, and he says very clearly there, uh, let's see, things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law. But you said, I'm not under the law. Hey, congratulations. That's right. You're not. So those things aren't for me? No. What did you just see? Are you under law? No. So could those things about the law be for you? No. Okay, well, that was simple. You know, remember the old Staples thing? Well, that was simple, right? That, that's it. It's simple. And that's why we have to rightly divide. So what happens right after this? If this is Moses to John, that's John the Baptist, what's the next thing? Jesus, yeah, Jesus, so this dispensation, uh, and you've probably heard it called one of these two for sure, and this is what it's generally known as, is the age of grace or the dispensation of grace. Um, Larkin calls it the uh, ecclesiastical dispensation. And uh, this is our favorite, right? (laughs) I am really glad I'm in this one and not that one or that one or that one because I'm a bonehead. I would probably have been with, you know, these guys at the tower going, yeah, let's build it, you know, like all these protesters, you know. If we build it, you know, they're they're, they're going, man. Never mind. I got all kinds of things in my head that I just don't need to repeat, okay? Yeah, yeah. Man, anyway, I, I just, there's so many places to go that um, this is basically uh, John to Christ. I mean, it starts with John the Baptist, because what does he do? He prepares the way. Now, if we were really doing this, we'd have to kind of really go like this. Why? Why? Say again. Okay, and, and that's true, but I'm talking about like within, in here, I put MMLJ, that stands for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Old Testament doctrine or New Testament doctrine? We won't get into this tonight, that's a study itself, but the Bible tells us that there's no New Testament until the death of the testator. When did the death of the testator happen when it comes to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? at the end of their gospels, right? So these people in here, that's why he's talking to them about the kingdom, because, and that's what they want. You remember Peter, you know, when, when the soldiers come for Jesus, because Judas has betrayed him, he draws that sword. And, and you heard pastor talking about this not long ago, maybe a month or so ago, and man, he's hacking that ear off, because he's thinking, man, you know, hey, this is, this is Jesus Christ, and I'm not cussing. This is really him, you know. The Messiah. This, We got it. We're, we're The nation of Israel, we're coming back, man. Bam. Takes that sword out and the hacks. The Lord's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. He'd already been rejected. Well, we'll get into that another time. So, please ask. This is. What's the big thing here? Again, now this is the biggest dispensation out of all of them, because this lasts about 2,000 years approximately. What's the big thing here? The church, that's right, man. The church, the body of Christ. I won't go to a bunch of verses with that because we, we know where we're at. Okay, Uh, and that one's easy for us, at least I hope it is for for you and I. The thing that I would say, go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and... Where to start here? First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's pick it up, uh, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. There's another good word study for you the word ignorant, and how many times he tells us not to be and what not to be ignorant of. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. <clears throat> for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For thus we say unto you by the word of the Lord, in other words, not not by their own word, but by his word, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now pay attention. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be at the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, that happens back in here, right? That at the end of this age. Like we said, hopefully tonight, maybe tomorrow, but not many days years hence. Right? I can guarantee you that. When that happens, boom. The rapture, all right? The catching up of the body of Christ. Um, and this is not our study tonight. But it's also known as the main harvest. Okay. The uh, other one took place back here at Calvary. And that's uh, the first fruits were taken up then. Three parts to a harvest. Any farmers in here? Three parts to a harvest. Anybody know what they are? The first fruits. You know, kind of like right now, things are starting to bud, things are out there, but it's not really the main harvest, but there's a few that you can get. When we lived in, in New Mexico, man, you know, avocados take a while, and they're hard, but boy, sometimes you get some early. I love avocados. Before I lived there, I was like, yeah, I like guacamole, but avocados, what? Oh, duh, okay. I love them. After the first fruits, then you have the main harvest, where most of the harvesting is done that's the rapture of the church the catching away of the bride okay the church age Um, this right here and we'll just stick it in here is the tribulation we're not going to study that tonight Uh, it's a very important thing you need to understand and know how it works Uh, all this has to do with the two kingdoms also also not what we're looking at tonight but very important okay and when When the Lord comes back, and see here, he meets us in the clouds, right? Calls us up. Then he comes back. And this is Revelation 1911, okay? The second coming of Christ at the end of the tribulation. He comes back, and just as that's going on, by the way, there's somebody else going up, and those are called the gleanings, You know, after the main harvest and go back, there's still a few left behind. At the end of the tribulation, man, these these folks, there's not a whole lot to make it through, guys. I know a lot of folks are like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave something for for folks that if 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 we get raptured out and they're and they're not saved, they'll know what to do. Well, that's good. Praise the Lord they should. But I'm gonna tell you something. It's not gonna be many. It's not. If you look at what the Bible says about where they're going to hide even towards the end, it's a really cool place, but you can't get hundreds of thousands, millions of people in that place. It's not going to be many. That's why we do the things we do, to win people to Christ and to then grow people, grow the the body of Christ and knowledge, as the Bible says, to build you up to know and understand so that you can be a workman, so you can be a good son and daughter, so that these things can happen. Because these folks, there are not many going to make it. There's just not. Okay? And when that happens, he comes back. These gleanings go up just ahead of us. We'll get into all that uh, right now. And that takes us to the seventh and final dispensation. Anybody know what that is? Again, yep, millennium. That's it now. Uh, it's the millennial dispensation. This is an interesting one. Um, it's also called the uh, uh, by some, the dispensation of peace, and that's true actually because uh, second coming just happened, right? So, who's the key figure? in this this, uh, dispensation? Huh? Jesus Christ, that's right. The uh, Messiah, the branch, the Holy One of Israel, and on and on. The Messiah, okay? Uh, The key thing going on here, by the way, is not just the Messiah, uh, but guess what? It's the restoration of what? Restoration, sorry, and fulfilling of the promises to the nation of Israel. You know, two-thirds of the promises made to the nation of Israel have not been fulfilled. Two-thirds of those promises made to Abram and seed have not been fulfilled yet, but they're going to be. See, they were looking for it back here. That's why the Pharisees didn't like him. <laughs> One of the reasons. They were messing up their religion. But here, the Messiah comes back, and he rules. The key thing here, he rules. it's all about Jesus here, okay? But it's Jesus, it's King Jesus, okay? Sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem. Okay, not Tel Aviv, in Jerusalem. And he rules from there with a rod of iron, the Bible says. It's a rod of iron. And there is peace on this earth, and it's an enforced peace. But it's the time when the nation of Israel gets all those promises. It's when they are on top. Okay, okay. When all those things come to pass. Um, in fact, look at Second Thessalonians. And we'll close up here. Second Thessalonians. Uh, verse one. Uh, actually, let's come down here to verse seven. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. From heaven. Okay? Here, he's not revealed from heaven. He's, he's in the clouds, and he calls us up. He's not revealed yet. Here he is. He comes down to Mount Olive, splits that sucker. And he says, when, he's re- when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Verse 8, inflaming fire. This is not little baby Jesus in the manger, okay, like Ricky Bobby and those guys. Like. Verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because of our testimony among you, was believed in that day. Now, if you were in... in uh, my class on um, principles of Bible study, we talked about keywords and phrases. That's one of them. In that day is always a reference to that second coming. Always. When you see it, stop and pull back because there's more going on. This seventh final completion. What did God do on the seventh day of creation? He rested. This is also known as a dispensation of rest. It's the seventh one. In about the 7,000th year, by the way, that's a whole other thing, but uh, what does he do? The Bible says that the whole earth is at rest during this time. This is the time when what the the United Nations has on their wall, which is a joke, you know, the lion and the lamb laying together, and they like to quote Isaiah about that, you know, uh, taking the the swords and everything, and turn them into plowshares and all that. Hey, you know there's a verse that says you're supposed to take the plowshares and turn them into swords, man. You put a lion and a lamb together now, you know what happens? Lamb chops for dinner, okay, by the lion. But that's when this all happens. You know why? Because that's how it was back here. But where do you think Dr. Doolittle came from? Don't you be back there where Adam is naming all the animals that are coming by? And like, hey, what's my name? Your name's this. <laughs> said, well, that's silly, talking to animals. Really? How many of you have pets? <laughs> I'm sure none of you talk to them ever, huh? How it starts, how it ends. Now, there's a whole other thing coming after this, because after this is the great white throne judgment, like a fire. Get some new residents. Uh, death and hell are delivered up in here. And we go that way. Attorney. That's a whole other thing. But when it comes to you and I being workmen, we've got to rightly divide. And that means I need to know when is this, when is this, when is this, when is this, when is, this, when is the law? You know, wh- what, what's the innocence, conscience, government, promise, law, grace, peace, or rest? What are all those different things? Because if I know those... I can rightly divide this, and then I know what God is telling me. Yes, sir. That's absolutely true. How many times do we have a verse that talked about the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord? Have you ever been misquoted, by the way? I'm sure that never happens, right? You think that doesn't happen with God? I need to take you back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. That's, that's what he does, man, the enemy. This keeps you straight in your Bible. Between this and, and your principles of Bible study, among other things, man, you're not going to get pulled away, and you'll be able to say, okay, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I know I know where this goes, right? See, i I'm not an electrician. I am nowhere near an electrician or a mechanic. But I know if I pull the dipstick and it says this is where it ought to be and it's right here, I know what I need to do, okay? Um, there's some things. And then I can go to somebody, you know, hey, Jamie, man, what's, what's happening? I'm trying to paint and I got this all. What? He, can, he can fix me because he knows about that, okay? Somebody else, hey, what is going on? He'll tell me what's up. She'll tell me what, but if you don't have these in the right place, if you don't rightly divide, number one, you'll be ashamed. Number two, you won't be a good workman. And that's our job. Uh Uh-huh. It is, just not the way you usually hear it. yeah that that's there too but i will i'll I'll pull that up for you a little bit later yeah it's it's in there it's not the way you usually see it, but it is it is in there um and the whole key is man lion, leopard, all those i mean let's be honest, how many times you look at a tiger or a lion and think, gosh, I would love to have that for a pet, right but if you do that, <laughs> I don't care what you see on these shows, you're going to get eight, okay <laughs> more than likely. More than likely. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's pray. I'm over, and I apologize for that. Um, if you want more clarification, there's a whole lot more to all this. Um, but uh, Clarence Larkin's book um, on dispensational truth, you ought to have. If, you're, if you love the Lord, you ought to have that book. C.I. Schofield's got one also. It's a smaller pamphlet. We have it. I know. I know we got both of them, actually, and, and many others. So all right. Let's pray.